We have a very special guest on today's Peacock and Williamson. As you can see, if you are on the YouTube channel, we've got Patricia Trina. She's the host of Locked On Giants, breaking down everything going on in New York with the new look Giants. All that coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson right now. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson with you, as usual, at the Peacock at Williamson NFL. But a special guest joining us today, talking New York Giants, that is Patricia Trainer, Patricia, how are you today? And uh, excited to talk New York Giants. I feel like this is the most excited I've been about the New York Giants for a little while. Is, is the fan base feeling the same way? Yeah, excuse me, join the club. I mean, it's a new era of Giant football. A lot of people are optimistic. And unlike, you know, past situations where we've had a new head coach, people coming in from the outside with the new GM, uh, working hand in hand here, a lot of talent, a lot of competition, and a lot to look forward to as the Giants look to get into the new century, finally, you know, after mm-hmm. after running with these antiquated systems that just don't seem to work anymore. So, I'm with you, Patri- Patricia, and that fan base. I mean, these last five years have been as bad as any team in the league, to be very honest, and there looked like there was doubt if this team could turn it around, but... I think the Brian Dayball hire is my favorite of all the head coaches. They got some salary cap stuff to get out from under, but I really think that this could be going the right direction for the first time. Yeah, I'm with you. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. look, they they tapped into – look at who they tapped into. They brought in Dayball and, and uh, general manager Joe Shane from Buffalo, yeah, an organization yeah. that turned it around, so they – they know what the formula is. They also brought in uh, a guy who doesn't get a lot of credit, but he's a very big part of the organization. That's the assistant general manager, Brandon Brown, um, who came from Philadelphia, which has pretty much had some success over the years as sure. well. So they finally went outside of you know the family, so to speak, and they brought in new ideas, fresh ideas. And what I liked about this, this hiring cycle is that none of the people from the organization that, you know, like the Kevin Abrams or the Chris Pettits or whoever that had been with the organization for a number of years, none none of them got interviews because look, it just wasn't working what they were doing. The Giants way was broken. They threw it out. They brought in these new guys and now they have a new way that they are defining. And um, we'll see if it yields fruit, but right now there's a lot of optimism that they're on the right track and, and uh, better days are ahead if you were a Giants fan. Is there, I know there hasn't been any football yet, aside from some, you know, OTA practices and stuff, but is there anything you can sort of glean from what you've seen from the coaching staff, whether it be scheme or just the way they run things or just, the, you know, the style of team that this New York Giants is going to be under a, a new staff? Yeah, I mean, from an offensive standpoint, I think you're going to need to see, uh, I, I call it Buffalo light. It's going to have a very heavy, it's going to have a Buffalo flavor to it. It's going to be primarily a passing offense. For example, you're going to see probably Saquon Barkley getting out into space a lot more than you have seen him in the past, which is, you know, I, I don't know why they went around away from that because as a rookie, that, that was something he did well. So that's something for sure that I think we're going to see more of a lot more passing with, you know, the running game being sprinkled in as opposed to, you know, power football, like, like the giants have always been known for. So that's a mold they're breaking. Uh, you're going to see a di- uh, more aggression on defense. You know, Wink Martindale is, is the defensive coordinator, uh, he's coming in and he doesn't care, you know, 
who, who he's going up against or, you know, whatnot. He's coming after you. And uh, he's going to bring everything, but the, including the kitchen sinks. Uh, so, so uh, that's something. You know, we we always hear about defenses, and they want to be aggressive, but there's different ways to be aggressive. And um, Wink Martindale is probably based on what we're hearing, based on what we've seen. This is going to be a real aggressive defense with some different looks that we have not seen from giant defenses in the past few years. Some very creative looks, I might say. Um, Going back to the offensive side of the thing, you know, the big thing is Daniel Jones. Is he going to finally take the next step? And I like what Brian Dable was doing with Daniel Jones. Brian Dable and offensive coordinator Mike Kafka, they're kind of simplifying Daniel Jones's job a little bit so that he has to do a little less thinking. And they're giving him every possible advantage because one of his greatest weaknesses, I think we can all agree, is his reading, his pre-snap reads, his post-snap reads. There were a lot of problems with that. They're doing things to, to simplify uh, things for Daniel Jones. And so far, it's been paying off. So we'll see if it continues to pay off. Uh, let's stick with Daniel Jones, because I think probably a lot of our listeners from a kind of a national perspective thought, oh, picking up his fifth-year option is an easy decision. We're not going to invest in him. We don't want to be on the hook for guaranteed money. I bet there was a lot more thought and back and forth that went into that because he certainly has ability. I'm not saying he's Josh Allen, but he's, you know, has some traits as a big, strong runner as well as a pocket passer that Allen possesses. And I'm sure Dayball was excited to work with him. And I also think if you really study Daniel Jones's career with all the different systems he's been forced to deal with and all the change, I don't know what we really should have expected from in the first place. So do you think that 50-year option was, you know, something they went back and forth on? No, I think it made all the sense in the world from a financial perspective, mm-hmm. as well as, like you said, you don't know what you have in him. And even, you know, John Mara, the co-owner, had the quote of the year so far. He said, we have done everything possible to screw this kid up. From the <laughs> right, lack right. of stability, you know, from the lack of stability with offensive line, uh, the lack of you know, receiving targets, the lack of consistency in the coaching and the schemes, they have messed with this kid. And it is a miracle, you know, and we've seen examples over the years of quarterbacks that came in and there was a high expectations of them. And because something wasn't right, you know, they got battered around and whatnot, they haven't panned out. I mean, and, and you can list those examples if you want, but with Daniel Jones, what they're trying to do is they're trying to salvage this kid. So they brought in somebody who, is willing to work with him and say, okay, Daniel, what do you like to do? What don't you like to do? And like I said, they're simplifying things for him so that he doesn't have to do a lot of thinking because right now, if there's one thing that's been consistent, it's been his, his uh, post-snap reads and how he hasn't been able to, you know, process what he's seeing quickly enough. Uh, The other thing that that's big is um, Dable has said to, to uh, Daniel Jones, don't be afraid to make mistakes in practice. That's what practice is for. Last year, I think you can make the argument that they drummed it into the previous coaching staff, drummed it into Daniel Jones's head. Don't turn the ball over. Don't make a mistake. And when you do that to somebody, guess what? They're going to play tight. They're going to play scared and you're not going to get the best version of them. So just back to the point about the, the, the money thing, it made sense from a cap perspective because look, they didn't want to invest and not knowing if Daniel is indeed going to be the guy moving forward. And also, if you think about it next year, you know, let's assume he does bowl out this year. Well, if you had picked up that option and you wanted to extend him now, the first year cap hit of a new deal 
would have been would have had to be equal to what he would have been getting um, guaranteed money in in the option year. So mm-hmm. from a financial perspective, it also made sense. So you don't think it's a slam dunk, one and done? He's elsewhere a year from now. I don't think so. Not right now. Yeah. That's subject to change, though, because obviously they haven't played any games. But mm-hmm. so far, what I have seen from Daniel Jones and the practices I've seen, and we've we've only seen um, as we record this, the OTA practices, the mandatory minicamp is coming up um, this week. As again, as we record this, but uh, yeah, I think Daniel Jones is playing faster. He's playing with uh, a little bit more confidence. Um, there have been mistakes. You can you can say that there have been mistakes, but Again, it's not like, oh my gosh, I made a mistake. That's it. I'm, di- you know, I'm, I'm, I'm benched, done. You know, right? yeah, so done, he's not, right, he's right. not as, he's not as tense. And you know, it's that quarterback mentality. You make a mistake, you get, go on to the next play. That's what they're trying to get into his head. And so far, from what I can see and what I've heard, so far, so good. All right, Buffalo Light. I'm kind of workshopping this in my head since you said that, like maybe boneless Buffalo wings. That was what we're looking at here. Well, we'll I like boneless Buffalo wings. Okay, so me too. That. <laughs> They're easier um, to eat on the air, Brian. <laughs> that's true. <Yeah. laughs> mild. Those- we almost go with mild as opposed okay. to hot. Yeah. Okay. Some people call those chicken nuggets, man. <laughs> I'm not going to give you any grief for that. Uh, more with Patricia training coming up, talking New York Giants, get uh, get a little deeper into that roster and, and what this team might look like in the NFC East. But I got to let the folks out there know about Blue Nile at BlueNile.com. You can celebrate all of life's special moments from creating the custom engagement ring of her dreams to gifting a classic and timeless jewelry piece. All at prices you won't find at a traditional jeweler. Uh, Whether you're ready to pop the question or celebrating those milestone moments in life, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. It's that online shopping that is really key because I don't know what I'm doing personally when I'm looking for something like this. You want to buy a big gift for someone, and it's important, right? And you want to show them you care and and, and give them a token of of whatever it is, the, the love you're trying to portray. And I never know what I want to buy, but they have experts on hand 24-7 for you via chat online or on the phone to help you find the right piece for the right person all within your budget. Find that memorable gift at every budget at BlueNile.com and make your moment sparkle with jewelry from Blue Nile and the Peacock and Williamson NFL show because listeners are getting $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This is a podcast exclusive that includes engagement as well. So use locked on that is code locked on to get that offer. Plus every order is insured ships free and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. So shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. I believe I spoke about this already and told Matt about my story of uh, a piece of my vehicle that came flying off as I was uh, making my last trip, my last load as I was traveling back to the Bay Area and and moving my family. And uh, the first thing I thought was, gosh, dang it, I'm going to have to take my car in. There's an extra $500 expenses, you know, at least uh, for for my move now with with what just happened to my car. And then I remembered, oh, wait a second, rockauto.com. I tell people about this website all the time. So I went to rockauto.com and guess what? They had the exact part I needed for my exact car, 40 bucks, 40 bucks. It was something I watched a YouTube video for five minutes on how to fix it. I popped the thing back on. It came with the screws and the rivets. I just popped it in there. Brand new fender cover. Car looks perfect. 
$40 versus whatever kind of $100 I'd be charged at the dealership or just for the same part at a chain store. 30%, 50%, even 100% upcharge at a lot of those places, plus all of the labor. And just because I know about rockauto.com, just because they're a sponsor, uh, I felt like uh, I, I was able to, to pull this off. So you can do the same at rockauto.com. It's a family business, been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years and always reliably low prices so go to rockauto.com right now see all the parts available for your car or truck and when i say all the parts they've got a crazy selection at rock auto make sure you write locked on in there how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com thanks again everybody for making peacock and williamson your first listen every day we have a listener survey up right now to learn more about our listeners like you and uh you can help us make your favorite locked on podcast even better so go to lockedonpodcast.com slash survey right now to get started won't take very long and you can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 100 ticket master gift cards so take our audience survey go to lockedonpodcasts.com slash survey thank you very much for your help on that all right, Patricia, talking New York Giants here. We've talked a lot about what uh, the scheme change might look like, what the coaching staff is bringing to the table, what uh, Daniel Jones might be competing for here on the, the last year of his rookie deal without the fifth-year option being picked up. Um, but what about the, the players that he's going to be throwing the ball to? And I know that Saquon Barkley's had his injury uh, concerns, but when he's healthy, he's dynamic. They brought in a ton of talent over the last couple of years at wide receiver last year, first round pick in Kadarius Tony, then Wandale Robinson this year in the second round. There seems to be some crossover in, in how those two guys could be used. Uh, who, who's going to be the guy? Like Matt and I like to talk fantasy football a lot. If, if Patricia, if you're if you're making your first selection of New York Giants in that offense, you know who's it going to be? Who's going to get peppered? With, uh, with targets from Daniel Jones. I have to interject super quick, guys, because just like three days ago, I threw it out on Twitter, didn't even know Patricia was going to be joining us, that the Giants are my favorite sneaky fantasy team to invest in. I mean, I, I think this offense is going to do good things, especially from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, I think it is too. But as yeah. far as picking the one guy, yeah, that's tough. That's that's going to be tough. I'm <laughs> yeah. not going to lie to you guys. I mean, that is going to be tough because what Brian Nabel and Mike Kafka want to do is they want to tailor the offense to the opponent that they are facing. So it's not going to be, you know, where a few years ago when they had Odell Beckham Jr. on the team, you knew Odell was going to be the guy, regardless, you know, come rain or or, or snow or sleet or whatever. Um, they're going to, to mix things up. Now, what is kind of cool about what they have done is we have seen some creative looks from that offense. For example, there was one look where Saquon Barkley lined up wide. You had um, a tight end in the slot, Daniel Bellinger, and you had a wide receiver in the backfield. We're talking creative stuff here, guys. And, um, you know, the defense and, and, and between you throw in the pre-snap motion, which again is something we didn't see a lot of when Jason Garrett was here. You don't know what's coming. And it's <laughs> like, if you sit there, you know, there, there was a time when I could sit in the press box and I could call out what the play was going to be. And I could call out who the ball, who's going to get the ball and what route and all that, because it was just so obvious now, not so much. So, so I think, you know, if, if you're looking to draft for fantasy purposes from the giants, a guy I would I would definitely consider picking up Saquon Barkley if he's healthy. Sure. Because again, you're going to have the rushing and the receiving aspect. So so the value of him I think just went up, you know, twofold. 
Um, from a receiving perspective, Wandale Robinson is a guy to keep an eye on. Uh, this is a kid who, you know, like Kadarius Tony, is, is a, I, for lack of a better term, a human joystick. So you don't be surprised if you see him taking some snaps out of the backfield as well as Kadarius Tony, which is why I think the Giants maybe de-emphasize drafting a running back this past year. You know, they're going to see if they can add somebody via undrafted free agency. Uh, they got this kid, Jashwan uh, Corbin, who's going to, uh, you know, try and make the team. But um, they, the receivers, position versatility was a big thing for the Giants. Um, they've got tight ends, like I said, lining up in the slot, lining up in the backfield. They've got running backs lining up out wide. I mean, it's so many different things that we have not seen in I can't tell you how long. Um, it's, it's, it's been a while. And I'm excited to see what they keep and what they don't keep because, you know, listen, I've gotten fooled in the past at OTAs. You know, I, I used to say, oh, wow, you know, the Giants are splitting Saquon Barkley out wide and they're running him. And then we get to the regular season or the preseason, the regular season, and the plays disappear. <laughs> so I don't know what they're going to keep and what they're not going to keep, but I have a feeling this, this staff is going to keep a lot of what they repeatedly worked on. And that's one of the things they've repeatedly worked on. Uh, that's great stuff. And there is a lot of versatility here. And I think if you look at this as though it's through a Bills lens, you know, the Buffalo was really high percentage of three and especially four receiver sets. Well, if Shepard's healthy, all of a sudden they have four suitable options. You know, the Bills didn't invest heavily in tight ends, but they dug up a diamond in the rough in Dawson Knox. And I think Daniel Bellinger, who you mentioned, is a rookie this year. And the pickup of Jordan Aikens is a sneaky little move by the Giants. I'm not saying draft them in fantasy, but those two tight ends have some ability. Yeah, Jordan Aikens used to be a receiver, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, yeah. when he was in, in college. So uh, converted tight end, good size. Um, you know, Bellinger, and I'll, I'll tell you this, you know, after watching Evan Ingram, who I liked, he was a sweet, sweet person. But after watching all the drops and, and just, oh, my gosh, the mistakes, yeah, frustrating. The, 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 the poor route running, I, I just, this has been, a you know, watching Bellinger in practice has been like mana from heaven. It's like, <laughs> wow, you didn't think a tight end could be this good, you know, for a giant at any rate. So it's, it's definitely been, you know, um, a, a changeover. You know, the Giants remade that entire tight end room. Kyle Rudolph's gone. Evan Ingram left by a free agency. Um, they had a. Uh, Caden Smith couldn't pass the physical, so they moved on from him. Jordan Aikens came in. Ricky Seals-Jones, who I think is going to do a lot of the blocking for them. Yeah, yeah. And Bellinger, who you know I, I think is going to be sneaky good and, and uh, uh, definitely a guy to keep an eye on. Got to talk defense here before we let you go, Patricia. And you talked about Don Martineau's uh, system and scheme, and he's going to try to put pressure on opposing teams. And then you look at what the the Giants have suddenly up front after a couple of drafts. I loved Aziz Ojolari. I thought he was a steal in the second round last year. You come back with a you know a top selection like Kayvon Thibodeau on the outside, and of course a lot of beef inside Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams. So is this the strength of the team? Is this where the New York Giants? win football games this year as the the offense sort of finds its identity as their their defensive front seven oh absolutely i mean right now there's some there's still some question marks in the defensive secondary um they moved on from james bradbury as you know they had to because of the salary cap um they moved on from logan ryan so i think they're going to be okay in the secondary but just in looking at the moves and what they've been trying to do 
the front seven, I think, is going to be key because ideally, if you can get home with the front seven, um, now maybe the back end of the defense doesn't have to hold coverage as long. And it's going to be a situation where if everybody's healthy, pick your poison. You know, who are you going to double up? You're going to double up Leonard Williams? Okay, great. Ojulari and Thibodeau are going to come in and they're going to come at you. Plus, you know, whoever uh, Martindale decides to send in on a blitz, because I do anticipate they're going to be doing a lot of blitzes, a lot of stunts and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, that front seven, I I think, significantly upgraded. You know, whereas in the past, you you really just had maybe one guy, if you were that lucky, um, and and that guy could easily be doubled or, 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 you know, you can game plan against him. So, you know, you look at the history of the Giants, the recent history of the Giants, 2007, 2011. I always make this, this comparison. Those teams had at least three solid pass rushers, guys that you could legitimately make a case to double up. The Giants now have that. And then you throw in some of these other guys that they have, like uh, the Ellerson Smiths. And like I said, some of these blitzers that they're going to have from the back end. Now they got a pass rush. And if everybody's healthy, look out. Yeah, I don't know much to expand on that, except for I was going to ask you about this front four, not the front seven. I really think Dexter Lawrence is a Vita Vea-like player. Leonard Williams Mm -hmm. has been a staple now for quite a while. And yeah, maybe his contracts were a little big, but he's really hard to play against. And the combination of Thibodeau and Ojolari is a really dynamic edge, lighter, 240-pound dynamic guy's that should be fixtures here for a long time. So, you know, you mentioned Martindale taking over. I don't know if they have the corners to be super blitz heavy, but that's going to come. But they may already have the front intact that they don't have to blitz much. Exactly. I mean, yeah. look, I, ideally, I think every defensive coordinator would love to get home with a four-man rush and not have to send five, six, seven guys because then that takes away from coverage. And quarterbacks, as you know, can get the ball out of their hand quickly. They can dump it off and, and it neutralizes a rush. So that being said, I think, you know, we're going to see aggressiveness from Martindale's system. You will see, I think, an uptick in blitzing. But at the same time, they know they have to be smart. They can't just throw the kitchen sink at, at the quarterback on every single, you know, pass rushing opportunity. Mm-hmm. So um, I think they're going to they – still, they're still trying to get a feel for it. They're doing some creative stuff on defense too. I know I mentioned before some of the creativity they're doing on offense. They've got some new looks on defense that I've never seen. And I'm sitting there going, oh, my gosh, this is going to be so beautiful if it comes together the way they think it's going to be. And um, – it's all designed to get after the quarterback and, and uh, beat the offensive lineman with speed and, and power. So if it all does come together, last one for you, Patricia, can the Giants make waves? Can they compete? Can they go win the East this year? Or is this team more about uh, 2023 and beyond? I think if I had to take a guess, I'm going to say they're, they're going to be better than, than last year. I will say that. I, I would be stunned if they, they finish with four or, or fewer wins this year. I mean, unless a great injury bug, which this team has been known to deal with or have to deal with, wipes everybody out, I think this team will be a better than, than the four-win team. The NFC East is, has historically, at least the, the last decade or so, or last few years, I should say, has been weak. So it's like you never quite know what you're going to get. So you, I guess you could say that, yeah, they they there's a ch- they have as good as a chance as anyone. That being said, you know, they were hamstrung with um, the salary cap. I don't think they have 
everything they need or everything they wanted to get. They had to prioritize certain things. You know, I mentioned the defensive secondary is still a little bit of a question mark. Maybe that works out. Maybe it doesn't. Um, you know, so I'm going to say they're going to be probably borderline. I, could they win the NFC East? I'm, I'm, I'm not so sure. I think, I think this year is all about getting everybody in place getting the systems together, getting everybody up to speed on the systems. And I think in 2023, that's the year. If you were to ask me the same question next year, I'm going to say, absolutely. That's got to be the year that, that they've got to make a move and start getting back into the postseason. But this year, I, I think it's kind of 50-50 at this point. So 2023, that's when you get the the bone-in wings and, and the real spicy sauce. <laughs> and then Brian Dable will have that system going. We'll see if Daniel Jones is still the quarterback then. Yeah, it's a, it's a big foundational year for the New York Giants. Patricia, we love chatting with you. Appreciate you giving us some time today to break down uh, this football team. And everybody, you can find Patricia on Twitter at Patricia underscore trainer. She writes for GiantsCountry.com, uh, SI covering those New York Giants, and of course, every day right here on the Locked On Podcast Network with Locked On Giants. Patricia, thank you so much. Thanks so much, guys. All right. Next, we will, uh, maybe Matt and I will kind of go through the NFC West here to finish it up in the final. Or the I want to recap some Giants stuff, too. There's a lot more I want to talk about with this team. I think they're a really fascinating team. Absolutely. Okay, so yeah. we'll get into the rest of that. Maybe make some uh, some two early predictions about okay. the NFC East as well. Uh, but of course, we got to let the folks out there know about Bet Online. You can bet on those New York Giants sleeper team to win the East. I bet you can still get some pretty good odds right now, and uh, you can bet on tons of NFL futures at Bet Online, your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information. Find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including NBA finals going on right now nhl hockey conference finals major league baseball all summer long uh the latest fighting news mma ufc boxing and of course your continued source for not just sports wagering uh information live betting esports and more and vegas casino games as well play a little poker blackjack in between your sports bets so get over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action at bet online where the game starts Okay, Matt, those New York Giants, I just I'm excited to see a new direction because I think Patricia hit on something that I hadn't really thought about. But, you know, you get back to the Coughlin era and it's just it's felt like uh, an organization that's kind of been behind as as we've seen the league change so much over the course of the last decade and even over the last three, four, five years. And the Giants have been in sort of, you know. Uh, an, another era and I right. think this ushers in just some you know some new ideas more more play action more uh, positionless football on offense talking about moving pieces around it and just making things more difficult for your opponents yeah 100 percent. and here's here's the big thing I want to say about the Giants and it's a big picture rant I'm going to go on here is again I love the hiring of Dayball the Bills influence in the front office and the coaching staff perfect I, I think that's a great start and I'm sure Giants fans recognize this, but they had nice draft capital this offseason with two early first-round picks and an early second, but they had really no cap space. You know, So I just did a little search before we went on the air. They have $53 million in cap space as it stands from a year, a year from now. That's fifth most in the league. So this year is going to be some growing pains. They're going to try to find out what sticks, what's the, what goes wrong, what, you know, what, what they're keeping, what, you know, what they're moving on from who's worth the money, who isn't. And I don't expect them to be a division winning type team. 
That doesn't mean it isn't going to be a successful year, though. So if by chance this thing gets off the rails and they're one and seven and it's ugly and oh, man, I think they could be a massive trade deadline type of team. Barkley, Galladay, you know, just totally clean out the old. But if things are going well, I could see them reinvesting in some of those guys, franchise Barkley, extend Jones, you know, and I think it could go either way. And neither way is going to cripple the team at this point either. You know, they can they can recover if things don't go well on the field here and the people they're playing with aren't the ones they want to, you know, live with next year and for going forward. I've been <laughs> I've been one to to crush David Gettleman, the old GM for the New York oh, yeah. Giants. But one thing Gettleman did is he did gift the new staff by trading down, which he never did, right? On the way out the door, giving him an extra first round pick. So now they add another offensive tackle. They had a stud stud edge rusher. Now you start to look at this team and say, okay, well, uh, maybe Daniel Jones doesn't figure it out. Maybe he becomes the guy because there's better stuff around him. But there are mm-hmm. some weapons for him on offense. There is an offensive line now being built that could be really good. There's that front seven we talked about that's really good. That's how you build a football team. And so foundationally, they are in a pretty good place now. And, and it started even before this regime, but they added to it, obviously, with a couple of really high draft picks this year. And then you look next year and you have some money. Maybe you maybe you assign a cornerback, you know, and that's that right, last right. you need on defense. And uh, maybe you even need to draft a quarterback or maybe you, you make a trade to go get that quarterback or something. So you could really see how if the offensive line and the front seven are as good as probably most Giants fans are hoping, this team could be really good. And they just kind of can start throwing some more things in uh, in future seasons to add to that mix. But that being said, I think a lot of the teams in the East got a little bit better, right, Matt? So of course, right. Did, did the giants do enough to, um, to, to even gain any ground? And I, you know, it's, there's a big difference between, you know, being better than a four win team and, and being a division champion. A hundred percent. And, you know, as it sits here on June 6th, my 49th birthday, by the way, how about that? old timer? <laughs> Yeah. How about that? I'm not going to predict this team to win a lot of games. I mean, I'm always a little prejudiced against first-time head coaches, although I love this hire. There's a lot of moving parts here. But I am predicting that a foundation will be in, will be poured this season for a nice house to be built. And I think, you know, you mentioned it. We didn't talk enough about the O-line, but you have a great young pair of tackles. You have two edge pass rushers and an interior D-line. That in itself, it looks like a foundation that Dayball can work with. Some of the hard things are in place. I mean, quarterback aside, I understand that stuff. But if you move on from Barkley, you could find another guy at running back. You know what I mean? You know, you know Kadarius Tony and Wondell Robinson are going to have roles here, assuming Tony sticks around, which I assume he will. I like the young tight end. So I, I think for the honestly, we, we started this podcast by saying for the first time in half a decade, I'm actually optimistic about the franchise as a whole. Right, and he's kind of excited to see what it looks like, what the product looks like in the field. It's been pretty ho-hum there. Yeah, yeah. The New York Giants, especially offensively for a while, and, re- and really defensively, too. Uh, you still like the Cowboys? The Eagles got better. I'm the leaning Cowboys, towards the Eagles. Cowboys are kind of, you know, it's it's as Dak goes is how good they're going to be, but they still mm-hmm. have a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. Um, and I think Washington got better, even if you don't love the leadership aspect of Carson Wentz. I think they got better talent wise at quarterback. And, you know, he's, he's, proven, yeah, I do too. You know, he can put up a really good half a season in the blink of an eye. And all of a sudden, the commanders are up there. And by the way, we're going to be talking with David Harrison sometime very soon here on the podcast, the host of Locked On Commanders. He also does the Buccaneers. So we'll probably double up and do a little Bucks Commanders on a podcast. But um, 
when you look at the division, the one thing I don't see the Giants doing is winning the division. No. But I could see I think I think I could see all the other three teams winning the division because I think they're all better at quarterback. Yeah. I confidently will probably pick the Giants fourth in the division, which again doesn't mean it's going to be a terrible year. I mean, it's all about a year from now to start making that progress. The one thing I just to throw out about the division is I don't think the Cowboys are better on paper. I mean, most teams in the league right now are better on paper because everyone's healthy and we talk about that all the time. But I do think they're better at quarterback, even though it's the same guy, because I think Dak needs to carry the team. And of all the quarterbacks in this division, he's certainly the most capable. I think the Eagles are probably going to be my pick just because they're really strong on both lines of scrimmage. And they now have a lot of weapons hard to play against. But I'm with you with Washington, too. Like, if that D-line's dominant and Wentz plays pretty well with a bunch of pass catchers that I like, they could win nine or ten games and sneaky, you know, be sneaky playoff type of team. Yeah, sort of post hype because they were yeah, just yeah. In the last year, and I think they got better this year. So we'll see if it, it ends up happening, right? Agreed. And uh, Patricia mentioned this is an uh, this has been traditionally a winnable division recently, mm-hmm. but they got a lot better. So now that the Giants have started to turn a corner, maybe the division's also more difficult than it had been the last couple of years. So even if they get better, it still might be more difficult than it was a couple of years ago to win, win the East, but it'll be a fun division. Nonetheless, I can't wait. I think I'm going Eagles, Dallas, Washington, New York. I think that's how I've got it right now. Yeah. But if I were giants fans, I would be looking at it. Like what are my chances of winning this division? As Patricia said, one year from now, you know, Dallas is always tight against the cap. Maybe the Eagles don't have their quarterback. Wentz is just a guy, and all of a sudden, my team's trended in the right direction. That's exciting. Absolutely, yeah, and, and being there for a long time with that foundation, right, 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 right. Find your quarterback, and you're in great shape, as you're we see with the Buffalo Bills. So, uh, all right, fun stuff there. That is the New York Giants. Thanks again to Patricia Trainer for joining us here on the show. Thanks everybody for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day. You can find us on Twitter at BD Peacock, and make sure you wish Matt. A happy birthday <laughs> at Williamson NFL on Twitter or on the YouTube comments. And Matt and I will be back tomorrow right here. Peacock and Williamson.